Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Over the last several months, we've been in our series titled The Journey, and this series is all about the true prosperity that is in Christ and how the believer accesses and lives daily in that prosperity. In today's message, we do a recap of some of the key concepts that we've covered so far in a message titled Living the Journey. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. So we've been talking about a few different things. We began in our uh, series in the month of January. And in January we started with a series called The Journey. And in that series, what we've been talking about is we, we've, we've used a foundation, and that is in the book of 3 John, verse 2, John says to the church, he said, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So he lays in a couple of things here. He basically says, very first thing is that, Beloved, my desire for you, my prayers for you, is that you would prosper. And the word prosper means to be equipped for a journey. Amen? So you can be equipped for a journey. And let's imagine that I gave each of you a million dollars. And you had a briefcase that you could carry around with a million dollars of cash in it. And then I took you and I dropped you. Somebody said, thank you, glory. Amen. <laughs> but then I took you with this million-dollar briefcase, this briefcase full of money, and I took you and I put you on a boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and said, use your money and get to shore. <laughs> Amen. Use your money and get to shore. How much value does your suitcase have now? You would trade that suitcase for an oar. Amen? Because an oar on this journey is more valuable than money. Amen? So money is not what prosperity is. What prosperity is is being equipped for the journey you're on right now. Amen? Because sometimes some of us say, oh, Lord, if I just had a million dollars. Lord, if I just had a million, what, what, oh, what I would do. Guess what? Your million won't do anything for you if it's not what you need on the journey you're on. Amen. Amen. So the journey is not about having money. Prosperity is not about money. Prosperity is having equipment. It's having the right equipment to get the job done when you need it done. Amen. Amen. I hand you a fork. I say, go dig me a hole in the backyard. You say, no, man, come on. I can't dig a hole with this fork. But then I take that same fork and sit you at the table and say, dig a hole in that plate right now. <laughs> Amen. The fork will work. Amen. You say, I got the right tool for the right job. Amen. So being, so the, again, I'm stressing this because I want us to keep in mind that prosperity is based on equipping and not on resources because the wrong resource in your hand won't benefit you amen so we got to have the right things at the right time now we talked about then that there are five different areas of our lives that God causes us to prosper because remember he said beloved I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers so in other words, the part of you that needs to prosper is the part that's driving you, which is not the outer man, but the inner man. Amen? The inner man is what really needs to prosper first, because when the inner man prospers, then the outer man starts using all the tools and resources he has to get the job done. Amen? So if you prosper on the inside first, then your outside will start getting taken care of. Amen? Because I know people try to prosper on the outside and the inside wasn't prospering. And so all that happened was the prosperity that they did get in a human context became a weight to them and actually put more pressure on them than freedom. Amen. 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 It's like the man I knew, he started a business and he started getting clients and he started making money. And then all of a sudden he was under pressure because now he's making money and he's got to keep making money. 
But his idea was an an idea that was built to sustain continuing. Amen. And because he didn't have something that was going, it was designed to sustain, then eventually what started happening, his lifestyle started outweighing his income, and then he was under pressure. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. So then what did he have to do? He started having to dip into the business in order to keep his lifestyle up because he couldn't separate his business from his lifestyle. And next thing you know, his business and his lifestyle were so intertwined, every time somebody tried to help him in his business, he had to hold them off because he couldn't let them get inside and find out how dirty the business was. Amen. Amen. So it became a big spiral of challenge. Now, I'm going to tell you not to be in business. No, not saying that. I'm saying that everything we do, we have to do it in faith, knowing that God is with you and God has equipped you for what you need to do. Because the minute you start relying on yourself is the minute you're going to be under pressure. Amen. Amen. I was stressing uh, the other day. I uh, had some things I was focused on. I was trying to, trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm all under pressure and I'm all. And, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, you go, you're doing too much. He said, you're doing too much. He said, you need, to, you need to go back to what I showed you and do that and watch what happens. So I went back to what God told me to do. And guess what? My pressure left. Because I'm already equipped for the journey that I'm on. Amen. And so I don't have to stress about this journey. Why? Because God's already got me in a place of prosperity. Amen. And it has nothing to do with money. Amen. It has to do with being equipped for what God has for me to do. Amen. Amen. So we talked about five areas. The first area of your prosperity is your relationship with God. And so what if I'm in church, but I'm not relating to God? Then what happens is, is that when I get under pressure, then I'm, I'm not reaching where I'm supposed to reach. I start reaching inside. I start reaching for my things. I start trying to make things happen. I start trying to do stuff around me. But when God brings us to church, it's only for us to be gathered together with people who have the same mind to know God for who he is. Amen. So the ultimate thing is our guiding principle number one to this church is that the word of God is the final authority in all affairs. So when I get into trouble, I want you to be there for me, but I know I need to be there to the word. Amen. Amen. I know my answer is going to come from the word. And so I've got to go to the word to find what the word says. And I praise the Lord. If I call you and say, look, I'm in trouble. I need to talk. I don't want you to give me your opinion. (laughs) I want you to give me some word. Amen. Amen. Pastor, you know what the word says? You're the pastor. You should know this. I know, but I need you to say it too. (laughs) I need to be in agreement. I need somebody to encourage me right now. Tell me what the word says. Amen. Amen. And then that will stir up my spirit and that will get me ready to go. Amen. 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 Because if you call me, that's what I'll have to do. I'll have to give you the word. Amen. 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 And if the Lord tell me to do something, then I'll do what the Lord said to do. Amen. Because that way, neither you or I will be under pressure. Amen. Because when I was young in ministry, every time somebody told me something, I was under pressure with them. Because I would try to solve everybody's problems. Always. Because I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to solve people's problems. So that's what I would do. Your boat is going down. You call me. I jump in the boat with you. Now we're both going down. <laughs> Instead of me staying where I know is safe and bring you to me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want you all to think about that. Amen. Because it's a reality of understanding our faith. Our faith is about bringing people to safety. Bringing people to safety. But our temptation is to jump into danger. Okay, all right. Amen. That you might, second principle of our ministry is that you would know Jesus for yourself. It is critical for Christians to know Jesus. 
and not church. We got to know Jesus and not just church. And when I was a child, I grew up around people who I didn't know if they knew Jesus, and I can't judge whether they did or not. But I know as a child, I was never encouraged to know Jesus. I was encouraged to go to church, and I couldn't understand. I said, no, I see no reason to go to church. And my mother said, you're going to church. And I said, I don't see no reason why I got to go to church. And my mother said, you're going to go to church. I said, I don't understand why. You're going to church. But the football games, you're going to church. And I'll go to church, and I still couldn't understand it. And then my parents put me in a Christian school. I went to the Christian school, and they would say, you got to memorize the books of the Bible. I said, why I got to memorize the books of the Bible? They said, because you got to memorize the books of the Bible. I said, but why do I got to memorize the books of the Bible? They said, because then you'll know what's in the Bible. I said, they got a table of contents. I can't just look in there and turn to the page. No, you got to memorize the books of the Bible. Why do I got to memorize the books of the Bible? And then they made me do it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I can't get it out of my head now. But I didn't know why. And so I pushed back on it. But even then, nobody just told me, you need to know Jesus for yourself. Amen. See, Jesus is a person. And to know a person, you have to have a relationship with a person. Amen. And the way we get a relationship with a person is to talk with a person or to observe a person or to see a person. And when we talk with a person or observe a person or see a person, then we come to know a person. And that's what we have to do with Jesus. We have to come to his word so we can see him. We can interact with him through the scriptures and we can learn of him and understand who he is and how he works. And when we know that, then we start to understand him saying I'm in you, and you're in me, and we're in the Father. Amen. And then all of a sudden you start realizing, wait a minute, as I come to know him, I'm being drawn into the Father, the creator, the God of all. Amen. So relationship with God is primary to understanding our prosperity. Because once you know God, and you know that God is a God of grace, Amen. See, let me, let me help you with understanding grace. Grace is when you don't deserve something, but you're granted it anyway. Amen. Come on. Some of y'all were not mischievous children. You were the good kid who all your mother says do it, you do what your mother says. Your father says do, you do what they say, Right? They say, come to the table. You drop what you're doing. You come sit down at the table. Some of y'all was that kind, right? Some of (laughs) y'all. So let me talk to the rest of y'all for a minute. (laughs) And for the rest of y'all who was not that kind of child, then every, every Christmas, they tell you that story. Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's, got, he's, he's going to do for the good and not for the naughty, right? And you know, man, I got a problem here. <laughs> man, I got a serious problem here. And you wake up and there's stuff under there anyway. Man, what just happened here? It was a picture of grace. Except it wasn't explained to us like that. It was grace in motion. Amen. And so to understand that grace is when you didn't earn it, but you got it anyway. Amen. Grace is when people don't deserve something, but we do something anyway. Amen. It's grace. It is unmerited favor. It's favor that you don't earn and you don't deserve. Now, that's the human level of grace. The eternal level of grace is this. God is beyond our comprehension. We always try to, we think we know God. And even people who, when I was an atheist, I was saying as an atheist because I'm trying to think I understand God. But the reality is, I didn't have, I don't know, I didn't know God from a hole in the ground. And I couldn't have any way to understand God. And God is so much of a creator, creating everything that we know and understand 
without the benefit of everything we know and understand. In other words, God had to be outside of everything in order to create everything. So if he's outside of everything I can understand, there's no way for me to understand God. Amen. When I was born, I was not conscious of my mother. (laughs) Why? Because I came out of her. I just came on the scene with no consciousness, no awareness. And even as a grown man, I still can't look back and understand how I got here. Amen? You don't understand the process you came through. You might, you might show up and you know what it is, but you don't know how you did. <laughs> you don't know how you came through here. And that's how we are in the world. We're in the world with no total consciousness of how we got here. Yet there's a God who says, I love you. And I'm willing to relate to you by sending someone like you who got here the same way as you who will totally be me, but like you. And while you can't understand me, you will understand him. And he will be able to do all the things you've had to do and live the way you've had to live and go through the things that you had. The, word, you know the, word, the book of Isaiah says this about Jesus. It said he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. In other words, in other words, he'd been through all the bad stuff we've been through. Amen. He endured all the things that we have to endure, yet without sin. Come on, man. And so this one who is God coming into the world that you can't understand the real God behind him. I won't say the real God, but the part of God behind him. You can't understand him, but he came in order to make us relate to God. And in relating to God, he says, now I'm going to take all of your flaws, all of your challenges, all of your shortcomings that keep you from understanding God. And I'm going to take all of those onto me. Amen. Amen. I was watching this show and these two guys were running with backpacks and they got an objective they're trying to get to. The one guy keeps slowing down because the backpack's getting too hard, too heavy. So the one guy comes back, takes his backpack, puts his backpack on, and they run together all the way. The backpack's wearing one of them down. He ain't going to make it. He's not going to make it. The weight is too much. It's too heavy. He can't deal with it. He's too, it's too much. The other guy takes his backpack. Puts it on him. And they together go all the way. That's Jesus taking your sin, your weights, your pressures, your issues onto him so that you can finish with him. Amen. Amen. So that when he goes back to the father, you can now go where you couldn't go before because the weight was too heavy to keep you out. Amen. So you got access to the Father, boldness and access to the Father because somebody else has taken your weight and put it on their back. Man. So, man, I can, I can have a good relationship with that kind of guy. <laughs> Amen. He might ask me to do I might do what he asked me to do when I realize he carried my pack for me. Amen. Because nothing he's going to ask me to do is going to outweigh that, ba- that burden I was carrying. Amen. So that equips you for your journey because you're no longer running with a weight. And if you are running with a weight, you should stop in your tracks and say, Jesus, take this weight. (laughs) Jesus, right here, right now, I ain't running another step because I already know I can't make it. So I need you to take this weight right now. And when he takes it, don't grab it back. Come on, come on. Sometimes, you, you know, he, he's taking the weight and we're holding the rope that's attached to the weight. And we're still trying to hang on because we want to control the weight. Amen. We're trying to hang on to the rope. And he's saying, let go of the weight. He said, I'm trying to let go. No, you don't try to let go. Let go. <laughs> let go. <laughs> Amen. That's called relationship with Jesus. Amen. He took the bur- takes the burden so I don't have to carry the burden. So that makes me prosperous already. Amen. Because that means I'm living life without weight. 
Come on. Amen. Amen. Man, I like that kind of prosperity. Amen. Amen. The second level of prosperity that we talked about is relationship with people. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, Paul says, he says, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding be flooded with light, that you might know. And there's a couple of things that you might know. First, that you might know him. That you might know him. But then the second thing he says, that you also might know the inheritance that's in the saints. In other words, God, in setting me free, set Tammy free and set Rosina free and set Cookie free, set all the golden girls free. Amen. Set all the ladies in the house free. Amen. Set all the men in the house free. Set us all free. And because we're all free, it means we now have deposited in us an inheritance that is for each other because he said, this is what, this is my commandment. I'm taking the weight and I'm going to leave you with a commandment. He said, my commandments are not burdensome. Amen. He said, this is the commandment I give to you, that you love one another the way I love you. In other words, love one another enough I'm taking your burden, be willing to take theirs. Amen. But this is, what, this is where I missed it. This is where I didn't understand. Because see, if I take your burden, Carl, come up here. Br- bring your stuff. Br- bring, bring your stuff with you. Bring your burden with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm living my life, and I got my burden. This is my Bible, but for now it's a burden. Amen. I got my burden. And I talk to Jesus. He says, give me your burden. And I hand Jesus my burden. And Jesus takes my burden. I got no burden. Amen. And Carl calls me. He said, brother, I got a burden. I said, man, you got a burden? Yeah. I said, man, I love you. So I love you like Christ loves you. I'm going to bear your burden. Give me your burden. And I take your burden. And this is what happened. He don't have a burden. Come on, come forward. He don't have a burden, but now I got a burden. And I would forget that I'm supposed to give my burden to Jesus. So instead of me, so instead of me taking his burden, I'm going to give you a burden back. I need to say, Jesus will take your burden. He will take your burden. He took my burden. See, I had a burden that looked real similar to this. And I was struggling with my burden. And I learned in the word that Jesus will take my burden. He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. So Jesus will take your burden. So I'm going to show you how to get your burden gone. I want you to take your burden and say, Jesus, take my burden. Now, now I want you to lay your burden down right here. You feel it? Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Bearing one another's burden means that you help them take their burdens to him. Because you're not equipped for the burden you had. So you sure ain't equipped for the burden they had. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let me, give you, let me give you this burden back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Listen. You got to lay burdens down and benefit from each other. Now, what's the benefit that he received? That the inheritance of God is in me that I'm passing on to him. My inheritance, what was my inheritance? That which was given to me by God, I now give to him. And now two of us are free. Amen. And the word says whether two or three will be gathered, where? He's going to be there in the midst. Amen. He's right there. Amen. So now we got a threefold cord. Not just two, we got three. But if I took his burden, it's a twofold cord. And both of us still got a burden. Amen. Because when he get another burden and call me, now we both got burdens. <laughs> Amen. 
Come on, y'all. Amen. The saints have an inheritance in them for each other. For each other. We carry things for each other. We carry blessings for each other. As we have to understand that that's God's will for us is that we be a blessing one to another. Now, love becomes that knitting thing. The thing that knits us together. Love one another the way I loved you. That means sometimes you got to be willing to go a distance with people. Sometimes you got to be willing to go places with people that you're not wanting to go with people. Amen. Sometimes you got to stand next to people as they're going through process or challenge or change. Sometimes you got to chase people who don't want to see you because they know what you represent. And you got to love on them anyway. Amen. The man I knew, he was teaching him in this class. He had been in recovery and he had a relapse. And I saw him on the street one day. And when I saw him, we locked eyes. And when he saw me, he turned his head and took off running. And so did I. <laughs> I chased him down. I said, he can't outrun me. He cannot outrun me. I chased him down. And I hugged him. And I told him I love him. And I told him I don't care what you're dealing with. I'm still your brother. You can't hide from me. I'm your brother. And I hugged that man until he stopped fighting. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because love will make us pursue. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, pursue love. You don't wait for love to come to you. You pursue love. Amen. Amen. So what happened? Me and him are still friends to this day because now he's working and his, him and his wife are living a great life and God is doing great things in their lives. But guess what? If I hadn't chased him down that day, he'd have still been hiding. Amen. I'm not taking glory for, for his recovery, but I'm saying that if we don't do that for people, if we don't go after people, if we don't chase them down, there's some people who they come to church and they disappear. Guess what? We chase them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We chase them. Now, we don't tell y'all we chasing them, <laughs> but we chase them. <laughs> Amen. Because I got a prayer list. If you, if, you, if, you, if you became a member of this church, you're still on the list. Because I don't take you off the list unless you call me and tell me, take me off the list. <laughs> then I'll take you off the list. But until then, you're still on the list. And so we're praying for you because you're on the list. Amen? And if you disappear, we will chase you down. <laughs> Amen. Why are they all in my business? I'm in your business because you said you was part of the church. <laughs> I don't want to know your business. I'm just trying to help you with your business. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and guess what? I ain't gonna call, I'm not going to call you and ask you where you've been. I'm going to call you and say, how you doing? How you doing? I love you. Not where you been. How come you ain't been to church? They ain't going to ask you that. I'm going to say, hey, I haven't seen you. How you doing? Well, I've been busy. I've been doing something. I said, well, just, I just want you to know I love you. I'm thinking about you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's love. Amen. But that's the inheritance that we have with each other, that we love one another. It's an inheritance of the saints. And then the third area is the gifts and talents that God has given us, which is not according to love, but that is according to anointing. See, relationship with God is based on grace. Relationship with others is based on love. But relationship with the gifts God gives us is based on anointing. And anointing is God's supernatural power given to you to get stuff done. Amen. Yesterday I had to go to the service and there was this gentleman from uh, Nigeria who was speaking and uh, it was just like, it's like a pastor I don't even interact with very much. He just, he just called me out of the blue. I didn't even know he had my phone number. He called me out. He said, hey, pastor. He said, man, I feel like God really wants you to be here, man. Can you come down? So 
Oh, okay. All right. Sat I said, Saturday morning? He said, Saturday morning. I said, it's a meeting. He said, no, it's a service. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and I got to the service, and the pastor got up. He's preaching, and I hear him teach some things that he's the only other person I've ever heard teach. It's something I teach here, but I never heard nobody else teach it. And sometimes, you, you know, you're like, man, am I, am I out here too far on this? <laughs> but then I walk in the room, and he teaches what I'm teaching. I'm like, and he's looking at the same scriptures I'm looking at to teach it. And I said, yeah, okay. And no, no, no doubt. Let me get the doubt out of here. Let me go hard on what I'm, what I'm teaching. And that is anointing is the supernatural power that God puts on us to get stuff done. That's what anointing is. Amen. And I heard people talk about anointing and made it mysterious and everything else, but it's not. It's not mysterious at all. It is God giving people power to get stuff done. And when you look through the Old Testament, every time the Spirit of the Lord comes on somebody, it comes on them to get something done. Amen. And your destiny and your power and what God has given you is all resting upon you being able to receive the anointing. Amen. Acts chapter 1. <laughs> Acts chapter 1 verse 4 begins with this. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. In other words, I already told you about this, and I'm going to tell you again. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I'm going to stop right there. Verse 4 said, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. John truly baptized you with, far, uh, with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And instead of saying, Lord, what is the Holy Spirit? Instead of saying, Lord, when is it going to happen? Lord, instead of having those questions, they, their first question is, Lord, when are you going to come and give us the kingdom back? <laughs> Amen. What do they mean? Jerusalem, throughout the Bible, is the city, the capital city of Judah, which is part of the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is split into two parts, Israel and Judah. And so the kingdom together, their kingdom together is Israel and Judah together, which represent 12 tribes of Israel. So they were under Greek rule and then Roman rule. So their kingdom had been taken from them. They were under oppression. So that's why when we read through scriptures, we see that there's a, there's a correlation between Rome and Paul and a correlation between the Greeks and the Herodians. And you hear the, all these names of these, these Greek uh, of, uh, factors that are in their business. And you hear about the centurions and you hear about these, these soldiers because Jerusalem was under occupation from the Greeks and the Romans. So some people viewed Jesus as being a Messiah to bring Israel back to their freedom. And some people just heard Jesus and thought, I don't know what that means. I just see miracles. But then there's what God's intent was. And God's intent was not that they just be free as a nation. God's intent was relationship. 
See, they're looking at political, at, 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 at Jesus being a political ruler. And that's where the church itself right now has gotten off track because we've tried to become political with the church. And we started making the church, you know, we got, we, Christians are going to vote this way or Christians are going to do this. No, Christians need to listen to God and vote how God says and then leave it alone. Amen. We don't need to form a, a, a whole part of the United States that's known as Christianity when it's really the Republican Party. Because that's not because Republican Party is not Jesus. Amen. Amen. And then on the other side, we can't have the church then say, well, you know what? We're for freedom and we're for this and we're for everybody having everything. And you know what? We're, we're going to be liberal. And the real church is the liberal church. And then we got a split church over political stuff and not agreed on the one thing that makes a difference in the Christian life. And that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. 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 Because that's what the church is. The church is not political. And when you try to make the church political, you get end up where they are. You're praying... Lord, when are you going to come restore the kingdom? And the United States have never, listen, listen close. The United States has never been a Christian nation. Amen. There is no such thing as a Christian nation. Amen. Amen. Because the moment a nation becomes unified under a leader and we believe the leader and we do whatever the leader says, we've lost Christ. Amen. It is a political system for the living of human beings in the world. It is not Christian in and of itself. The only way a nation becomes Christian is if everybody's a Christian in it. And that would be called the kingdom. And we wouldn't be worried about the nation. Amen? Because I ain't worried about the nation when I'm in the kingdom. Amen? Because there's Christians who are communists. So we're supposed to not talk to our brothers because they're communists? And that's what united, happened in the United States. We didn't care who, what people believed. We just said, we're Christians and our nation's right. So even if you say you're a Christian over there, it doesn't make a difference. Because at some point, we put our nation above our God. But even our own, our own words say, one nation under God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Not one God under a nation. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So Jesus says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive the, the not a promise, the promise. Wait for the promise of the Father. <laughs> wait. How long? They didn't ask him. What is it? They didn't ask him. They asked him about politics. <laughs> Jesus shows up your door and he said, you can ask me any question. Is politics going to be the question you're going to ask him? <laughs> That's what they asked him. <laughs> here, here, here it is. Jesus just rose from the dead. He has come back. This man, we, we, we saw him crucified. We saw him put in a tomb. Three days later, we see him come out. He assembles us on a hillside talking to us. And the question we got is, when are you going to when are you going to, when are you going to restore the kingdom? He said, are you kidding? The kingdom just murdered me, man. Are you, are the, the kingdom you after just killed me. Why am I going to restore that thing? <laughs> no, I didn't come for that. I came for the real kingdom. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I came to bring you the real kingdom. When are you going to restore Israel? They, do you understand the people just said crucify me? Where were you, Where were you five days ago? <laughs> Those people turned on me and said crucify me. You asking me when am I going to give them the kingdom back? <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. What question do you ask Jesus when he tells you a promise is coming? 
John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 7. Then he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put, listen close, which the Father has put under his own authority. Look very close. It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put under his own authority. In other words, there's a world full of things, but there's certain things the Father keeps under his authority. Amen. So sometimes when you're asking questions, you want to know things that aren't for you to know. Amen. Some questions I've had, Lord, when are you going to do this? Lord said, it ain't for you to know. <laughs> Amen. Come on, we've all asked that question. How many of y'all asked, Lord, when are you going? Lord, when is this? <laughs> Amen. He said, it ain't for you to know that. Look at verse 8. And this is where I want you to really dial your eyes in. But. In other words, there's some things God doesn't want you to know. It's not for you to know. Because if you knew, it would mess you up. Amen? Amen. It'll mess you up if you knew too much. Because you'd be trying to shortcut to the end game. <laughs> well, no, I, look, I know you're going to bless me later, so why don't you just bless me now? <laughs> Amen. Lord, can I just cut to the... No, you can't cut to the end because I need you to go through certain things to be prepared for what I have for you. Amen. So it ain't for you to know certain things beyond what you need to know. But, but you shall receive what? Power. Turn to your neighbor and say power. power. You shall receive power. Tell them you shall receive power. Tell them again, you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In other words, he's going right back to what he said. Listen, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And then he tells him, he, he said, listen, you need to understand. You're asking me what I'm going to do. It ain't for you to know what I'm going to do. It's for you to receive power and then figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> Amen. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You shall be witnesses. In other words, you're going to see some stuff with your own eyes. Amen. There's some stuff you're going to see with your own eyes that God's going to let you see, reveal to you, which is going to make the kingdom, and whether that's in place or not, seem like nothing. Amen. Amen. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. It's not for you to know certain things. And remember what we're talking about. We're talking about the third area of prosperity, which is gifts and talents, which come by anointing. Anointing is brought to you by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and an anointing to get things done, to supernaturally get stuff complete, get it done. Whatever God speaks, you can do because of why? Because you have the anointing. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Now I want you to do a little, little Bible background here. Paul was not one of Jesus' disciples. Important to understand. Paul, let me say it this way. Jesus' disciples, the 11 that were in Acts chapter 1 that we just read, the 11 that are standing there listening to him, 
go with another group of people, 120 people into the upper room, 120 people, Paul's not one of them. He's not there with this group. He doesn't hear from, he, doesn't, he didn't walk around with Jesus. Amen? The writers of the, of the Gospels, the, the books that talk about Jesus, you got Matthew, who was a tax collector, who was a disciple. You got Luke, who was a friend of them, wasn't one of the disciples, but he was friends with the disciples. So he was observing. He sees Jesus at a distance. You got Mark, who was a child at the time that Jesus is there and grows up to become a disciple. And you have John, who says, I'm the one that's so close to Jesus, I used to put my head on his shoulder. So you got these four people who wrote the Gospels because they all had eyewitness accounts. Paul was not one of them. So Paul later on, when Paul receives Christ, he didn't re he's like us. He didn't see Jesus with his own eyes. He had to believe the scriptures and hear it. Amen. Amen. So when you hear Paul talk, Paul's not talking like somebody who was standing there with Jesus and asked Jesus questions. He wasn't with Peter. He wasn't there. He met them later on. Amen. Amen. I want you to listen close. Listen, Paul, talking here, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. To me, and this is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, to me who am a least of all the saints, this grace was given. And Paul said, look, I wasn't there with the rest of them. I'm the least of the saints. I'm not, I'm not, I don't look at myself and think I'm anything special. Paul said, I'm I'm not. I'm not greater than anybody else. Paul said, think about it. I'm, I wasn't even there. I'm, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. But there's a grace, a favor that's put on me that had nothing to do with what I earned or what I deserve. This favor was given to me. He said, I got this favor on my life. This grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. He said, man, I'm nobody. But you know what? God gave me grace to tell people how good God is. Man, I'm nothing special, but this blessing I have on me, the revelation I have, the things that God's pouring through me, God's doing work through me. But guess what? I have that as an anointing on me so that I can preach to people the unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, you're going to look at Christ and you ain't never going to get to the bottom of what he has for you. Amen. Amen. Come on. You're never going to get exhausted all the things God has for us, but we will get tired. Before we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. In other words, there's more of God than you're going to mine out of him. Amen. Come on. Verse 9. And to make all people see. What is the fellowship? And remember the word fellowship. This is the word kononia, which means partnership. Right? What is the partnership of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. What is the mystery? The Old Testament is the mystery. Because the Old Testament is the mystery because all through the Old Testament is talking about Christ, but you can't see it. From the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Malachi, it's talking about Christ all the way through. It was a mystery. They're all reading it. They can't see Christ. They read the old, reading through the book of Isaiah and all these prophecies about Christ that's going to come, but they read it, but they can't see it. Amen? Amen. Listen, if I, how many of y'all know what the letter T is? How many of you know what the letter S is? How many of you know what the letter A is? How many of you know what TSA means? Y'all have to think about it, huh? Y'all have to think about it. I worked at airports, so I know what it means. It's the Transportation Security Administration, TSA. Now, you know the letter T, right? There was nothing hard in there, was it? Y'all knew the letter S, y'all knew the letter A, but you put the letters together, and all of a sudden, you don't, you don't know what it means. In other words, when you read through the Old Testament, that's how it is. There's a whole bunch of things. You read them individually, you know what they mean, but you don't see the big picture that's in the whole thing. Because when you put it all together, it says Christ. Right. But it's a mystery because you're looking at the individual pieces and you don't see them coming together. Yeah. 
But that's the way it is because you then, Paul says, listen, this mystery, that old, old covenant, the old mist, all that, it was a mystery that's been hidden all this time. But God was working through Christ the whole way. And verse 10, to the intent, in other words, he had a purpose, that now, tell your neighbor, say now. Yeah. And look at the other and say now means right now. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. In other words, there's another version that says, instead of saying make known, it says be made manifest. In other words, the manifold wisdom of God, all the, all the, all the wisdom of God is going to be made manifest by the church, not by something outside the church. Who's the church? Church is the people, not the building. Amen. Paul said, I'm the least. I'm the least of the saints. But I, I already know God sent me to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ to the world. To make known the manifold wisdom of God. Church is here to make known the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers. What that means is, is that Jesus put power on his church in order for his church to be a witness, to exhibit for everyone else to see what God looks like moving through man's life. That's why when you're walking in the peace of God and people observe you, they want to understand how can you bear up against this? How can you deal with this? How can you make it through this? How can, you, how, how can you live through this? Because they see your life be a witness of what God is doing. Amen. And you have to know that Jesus said, just wait on the power. Because see, sometimes we're in a situation, we say, man, I don't have the power to deal with this. Yes, you do. You got the power. Amen. Amen. You got the power. What? You got the power when you said yes to Jesus and his spirit came upon your life. Amen. And if you hold on to the power in your tough time is when you're going to see God manifest himself to the world. Amen. Because why? Because your anointing says you're equipped for the journey. Amen. It means when you get into trouble, you equipped for the trouble you're in. Amen. You equipped for the situation you're dealing with or whatever it is, no matter how big it looks, you are equipped. <laughs> yes, you are. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say you look like you equipped. Come on. Amen. Come on. Come on. You're equipped. Look at verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished. Is he going to accomplish? He already accomplished, right? Where? In Christ. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. In other words, he's already accomplished what needs to be accomplished for me. Amen? Amen. Somebody came, they somebody yesterday told me a dream. They, they were sharing with me a dream. They said, I saw this. I said, mm -hmm. yeah. I said, thank you for sharing the dream. Because I was, I was glad to hear the dream. But guess what? I already know it. <laughs> Amen. God sent you to confirm what I already know. Amen? Why? Because I trust that Christ has already done the work. Amen? I said, praise the Lord. Thank you for the dream. Guess what? And guess what? I know. Amen. Why? Because my faith is in what God has said. And if God said something and I'm following what God is telling me, then God's going to make everything work. Amen. He's going to work it out. Amen. He's going to work it out. Why? Because he already worked it out. Amen. Come on. He's going to work it out because he already worked it out. Amen. Amen. God is already working your situation out. You have to stand in faith and walk with him in it. Amen. Come on. John 10 and 10. Y'all know what it says, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Y'all know that scripture, right? Amen. Don't take the last part and forget about the first part. There's a thief coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. There's something coming at you. Amen. Amen. The devil got a torpedo with your name on it. Amen. 
Amen. He, and he's going to launch it as soon as he can. Amen. And he got five more behind him. Amen. But guess what? What he's launching can't stop me. Amen. <laughs> what he launches is going to hit me and bounce off of me. Amen. Come on. Why? Because I am equipped for this journey. Amen. If I look over your fence and see you building a bomb against me, I'm going to build something that will stop the bomb. Amen. When you bump, and I'm going to sit there and wait for you to launch it. <laughs> That's just my personality. Because <laughs> I want to see it fail. Come on. Guess what? The enemy comes after me with all kinds of stuff. Guess what? I like seeing him fail. I like seeing the enemy fail coming against me. I like the enemy coming against me thinking he got me and he don't got me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Listen, listen. And, he, and, and what he's got for you, you're equipped to deal with it. Amen. Listen, and, and not deal with it losing. Deal with it winning. Amen. Deal with it winning. Amen. Come on, I got to finish. I got to finish. Here we go. Go to verse 13. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through some things because of y'all. <laughs> Amen. We were talking about leadership the last few days. Leadership is, is influence and responsibility. Right? It's influence and responsibility. Guess what? Anybody who leads, the enemy comes after because you're an influencer. So there's certain things you go through because of those you lead. Which is why you have to, before you start talking about your gifts and talents, you need to be established in love so that when you know stuff is coming at you on other people's behalf, you don't fold and walk away. Come on now, you don't fold and walk away because your love that you have for God and for people makes you stand in challenge knowing what's coming. But confident that God loves you enough, you will not be destroyed. Amen. Come on. Yeah, something's coming at me, but I don't care because I love you. Amen. Why do parents put themselves going to work every day when they want to stop? Because they got people to feed. They got people to take care of. So I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to quit my job because I'm mad. <laughs> I got kids at home. And so I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to get this job done. And I'm on Fridays, I'm giving my check. <laughs> and I'm, I might be grumbling all the way back, grumbling all the way to the bank. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation for you. Paul said, we're all connected here. He said, I want you to understand, you're going to see me go through tribulation, but don't you get scared because you see me going through stuff. You keep pressing on. Amen. Ooh, I wouldn't, I don't never want to be in the league because I see what happens to leaders. No, don't stop. You need to step up. Amen. 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 Step up with your armor on. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't back up. Step forward. Amen. Amen. All right. I got to stop. I got I to finish. All right. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. Amen. There it is again. The Spirit's going to strengthen your inner man. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you got armor on the inside, ain't nothing on the outside can stop you. Come on, if you got armor on the inside, nothing on the outside can stop you. Amen? Come on, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, like I started with telling you, there's stuff about God you can't understand because it's too big for you. But he's saying, I'm praying that you get to understand it. 
I'm praying that through Christ, your mind would get open, that you start seeing how powerful God is and that he's not outside of you, but he's inside of you. And if he's inside, then the armor's inside. Amen. Come on. That whatever's coming at you, you got to put it where it belongs. You got pains or hurts or other things that are plaguing your mind. You have to put those things where they belong. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. That God has a perfect will for you if you capture those things, pull them down, put them where they're supposed to be, let the armor of the Holy Spirit rise up on the inside of you and be guarded from all things inside and out. Amen. Amen. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel of Jesus Christ is about you becoming all that God has you that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Ooh, amen. Come on. Listen, when my refrigerator is full, I don't come look in yours. <laughs> amen. Amen. I'm sorry. I think like that. I'm telling you, I'm just this is how I think. If my refrigerator is full, I don't look in yours. So if I get full of God, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I look at you with love. I don't look at you trying to get what you got. <laughs> I don't look at you and be jealous of what you got. How come they? I ain't got that in me. Why? Because my refrigerator is full. I got all the fullness of God. I'm experiencing God's presence. I'm experiencing God's power. So guess what? I don't have to be envious of you because you know what? I got everything I need. I'm equipped for this journey. Everything I need, I got. Amen. I have everything I need. Amen. So when you bring me something that looks like, oh, that's shiny. I don't need no shiny object. I got what I need. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> Time for me to stop right here, right now. Hallelujah. Saints, here's the truth. Recognize you are equipped. Recognize it. Receive it. When God poured out his spirit, you got everything you need. Where passage says we've been made complete in him. But the completeness needs to be received. It needs to be received. And when you receive it and you know you're complete, it changes your mindset. It changes how you look at your challenges. It changes how you look at your struggles. It changes how you look at those things. It changes how you look at your history. We're going to close with this. In the Old Testament, Moses is a Hebrew that's raised in Egyptian royal palace. He's a Hebrew. And as he gets older, he recognizes that he's a Hebrew. And one day he's outside and he ends up killing an Egyptian. And he's trying to he kills the Egyptian for abusing a Hebrew. And so the next day, after he buries the Hebrew, excuse me, the Egyptian and hides his body, the next day, two Hebrews are arguing with each other and Moses steps in and they say, oh, so uh, are you going to do to us what you did to that Egyptian? So the people he's trying to protect say, um, you ain't one of us and what, what are you going to murder us to? He gets afraid because he didn't think anybody saw what happened. And so he left. He went to the wilderness. And so now he's committed murder. He ran and abandoned everything he had. But when the New Testament talks about him, it said that Moses left Egypt because he didn't want to be involved in the trappings of sin. That he left and he went. See, I just want you to understand. People look at your history and they see everything that went wrong. When God tells your story, he tells it from his perspective. Come on. Some of us have real challenged or troubled past. And people keep telling the same old story about it. But God looks at it and says, oh, this is my child. And you know what? They rose from the ash. And they did this. This is my child. You know what? Look at, look at what they're doing. God puts his eyes on where he's taking you and not where you've been. Amen. 
And he empowers us, empowers us to use what we have to get his kingdom well done. And you got power because you've got him. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Let the revelation continue. Thank you for listening to today's message, which is part 17 of our series titled The Journey. And today's message was titled Living the Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. And on our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us at our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.